So we are back. If, friends, you have just listened to our last episode, we've gone through categories that we have wanted to uh, discuss, games that we wanted to speak to. If you are listen- watching us, listening to us on Twitch, hey, we've come back from a little bit of a discussion. If you listen to us in podcast form, go back and listen to our previous episode because we've talked about you know games that may not have quite made our top three which is what we're going to talk about now. As always, we should probably open up another beer. It will be our fourth of this evening. Maybe the first that you're hearing about if you've missed an episode. But we will jump to you, Lucy, mm-hmm. for what you are drinking first. It's a vegan. Um, it is a... Oh, yeah. It's called the Quado... Quadimodo. <laughs> is it Quadimodo? really? The Quadimodo, which is a forest fruit and star anise quadruple. Star anise? Yeah, oh, that's super interesting. Actually, sorry, the lighting's kind of crap on the Discord. Could you just bring that closer? That art looks super cool to me. Yeah, I'm trying to... It's Quaddy. It's Mr. Quaddy swinging on... Yeah, okay. <laughs> sorry, it just... <laughs> you got you. It, when you first lifted it up, you got a little pix- pixelated, so I wasn't sure if that was Mr. Quaddy or just random shapes. It's Mr. Quaddy. It's 11%. Um, nice. The second collab with McColl's had to be something that uh, set the bells ringing. Thus, we bring you Quaddymodo, our second quad. We've gone multi-layered with big blackberry, blueberry, and cherry forest fruit flavors up front. With complex hints of honey, toffee, smoke, and licorice. And the finish from Turbinado Sugar, Molasses, and Star Anise. Okay. Very Christmassy. Yeah, a little bit of licorice in there. Mm. A little bit sweet. Nice. Yeah. It's it's 11%. It's going to kill me. (laughs) Did you expect to do any work tomorrow? Who knows? That's My fair. alarm's been up all week. So nice. It's all good. nice. Uh, Adam, oh. we'll come to you next. I know you've just nailed the last bit of the last. I bit. was just saying, I, I literally tried to point at you, saying, "Why don't you go next?" Oh, I just oh finished. sorry, because yeah, yeah, yeah. on my screen you're pointing at Lucy. Oh, oh, it's fine. I'll go next. I'll go next. Yeah, please, if you do. Oh, I just want because it's a barley wine with a very distinct flavor. I wanted to bash it back and then that's fair. Swish a little. That's fair. I'm going to drink a beer mm-hmm. from Adwar Theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, their uh, Bardial uh, Evangelion 13. Uh, no, Bardial 13 Evangelion, I think, was one of the best beers I have had this year. Uh, they're an American brewer. They are from. Uh, I hope I don't know. Because, because uh, Virginia. Mm. Uh, it does Wait, tell me on West the, Virginia? On because if it's West Virginia, then we have some Fallout 76 nonsense. No, we do not. Uh, I'm going to drink Riot. Ooh, hi. Riot. Sorry, Ben, put that Which closer is... to the camera. I want to I see the details on this. So That's a Riot. real cool can. 
he's part of their G.I. Joe Venom series. I didn't know uh, that that was a thing. Boy, do I like it. Neither um, did I until I found that they yes. did this. Uh, but this is a hazy Imperial triple IPA. It is double dry hopped. It has mosaic, citra, sultana, Eldorado, and Ella in it. It is 10%. Eh, eh, eh. And it's an it's an American pint, which is five hundred mil. It's a rear pint. It's the it's the rear pint exactly. Sixteen fluid ounces. Sixteen American fluid ounces, because of course the yeah. I mean weights and measurements are fucked completely. I mean, and it's only going to get worse because we're leaving the EU. So any notion of fucking oh, we're we're absolutely going back to completely all imperial. We'll be back to shillings. A pint of sugar. Shillings before you know it, mate. You're gonna go. You're gonna go to the uh, the a cafe which is open for the one half hour that allows more than two people in the shop. And you're going to have to order a fifth of a pint of tea. That's exactly right. Because cups don't exist because cups are 250 mils. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what I'm drinking is the one I saved for last, which seems like maybe a bad idea. Um, (laughs) uh, It is the uh, aptly named Necessary Evil Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout by Thornbridge. It is a whopping 13%. Nice. uh, Which sounded good at the time, but now that I'm four strong beers in, three strong beers in. Just cut his mic 20 minutes from now. Yeah. So, uh, it has some flavor text. Necessary Evil is an imperial stout aged for eight months in bourbon barrels. Aromas of sweet bourbon, vanilla, and oak from the aging process combine with rich chocolate, roasted malts, and caramel from the bait. Wait, what? Aromas of sweet bourbon, vanilla, and oak from the aging process combined with rich chocolate, roasted malts, and caramel from the base beer. Those are too many frums. <laughs> Sorry. It, it, I don't think this is... Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm not critiquing their copy. Soft and silky, this full-flavored stout has layers of complexity and flavor unlike any other. Best served around 10 to 12 degrees Celsius, so take out the fridge for a while before serving. Will this beer will age well? There is no time like the present, so we recommend opening and enjoying it as soon as possible. Barley, wheat, uh, and then that's it. Um, but yeah, so it's a 13% bourbon barrel-aged stout. Uh, I figured, hey, I like bourbon, I like aged stouts. This seems like the yeah. right thing to go off on our top threes slash probably no more beers are necessary at the end of the day um also uh thornbridge um i've had a few of their beers this year and have never really been disappointed um Mm. it's so they're not like the the brewery that's like doing a bunch of amazing crazy things that seem to magically work like they're not that like weird craft brewer but they're consistent uh and it's not like they're boring or just doing the bog standard version of things uh i can't remember off the top of my head what they've done this year that i've had but i've i I just because i 
had it written down. Well, I had it open in tabs, but I didn't open the leave those tabs open. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, an age stout sounds good. Uh, nice. Good. Now that I've rambled enough, Lucy, you've poured your beer and waited patiently. Why don't you tell us what it tastes like? Um. Yes. Just She's like, oh, I finished place. it. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> quite dark there's a little bit of like red yeah you you, so even even through the discord you can see that on the head definitely a little bit of red to it yeah a little ruby sort of i think if rodari was still around they'd be like hey is that dr pepper yeah i haven't really seen a beer like this before to be honest with that little tinge in its head yeah like so so it's 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 not like so it's just the head that has a tinge and the rest doesn't because it's not like the like raspberry stouty things that we've seen before i can't tell if it's the sorry putting my hand over my mic i think there's a little bit of redness at the bottom of the beer as well Mm. Light, but yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's red. It looks like a quad. <laughs> it's like a deep red when I look. Oh at wow! It from, okay. From uh, the light, yeah. Um, yeah, it smells. It's got it's got a cherry smell to it. Hmm. Um, there was a lot of fruits in this. It, it had that. It says blackberry, blueberry, and cherry. So definitely get that cherry on the nose. Cheese. <laughs> this does not taste like an eleven percent beer. Oh, interesting. Nice, it nice. Tastes, it, it's 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 absurd because it tastes like that. The same strength of that pastry sour, which the more I drank of that, you, you did feel like that kind of like warming from the cinnamon at the end. Hmm. Maybe I'll get some warming from this, but it does not taste like eleven percent. That is dangerous. It is so. It, Wow, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. How that doesn't—the alcohol does not show at all. It's sort of got like a, you know, you're definitely getting all those berries, the raspberry, the the cherry a bit more in that in the taste, but yeah, like like a bit of warming now. But if if you sat this in front of me and said this is 11% beer, I'd be like, you liar, you're lying. <laughs> It's it's nuts how easy and it's not heavy. It's like I'd say medium bodied at most, you know. Mm. This is dangerous. I, I'm gonna have to like pace myself and watch myself because like right, rain in how quickly it's being yeah, summed. It, it's, yeah. It's this is very impressive how. Um, how like light it tastes and like because when you think of a quad you're thinking man this is going to be like thick it's going to be a bit viscous it's going to be a bit heavy going I'm not going to be able to this is something I sip all night whereas this it, it's easier to drink than the last beer that I had like the tong, tong coco or whatever tong otko or whatever it is yep. so. yeah and it's like what two and a half percent more which is nuts. Um, damn, <laughs> that's all I have to say about this. Just I mean, that's uh, that's absolutely fair. Yeah. It's absolutely fair, and it's it it's 
it's almost exactly how I feel about the beer I'm drinking right now. Uh, which very much tells me that it was canned in July. Mm. Uh, Mid-July, uh, the 15th. And on the bottom of the can I have a a little label, which I assume is an import thing which someone stuck on to say that the best before date is a year after it's you know that's the usual yeah yeah. essentially yeah um but it also on the bottom says eight percent whereas on the can it says ten percent those are different numbers a bit confusing confusing. i may not have been a maths major (laughs) but tell that those may be different numbers they, I mean, they're different numbers, Maybe. but it doesn't feel like either an eight percent or a ten percent. Uh, and I think, I, I mean, I could very easily see this being a ten percent, especially from Erdwar Theory, from the previous beer I'd had from them, uh, the Bardial Thirteen Evangelion, which was one of my favourite beers from this year, because it's extremely smooth, really, really easy. And giving me light tropical fruit notes, giving me easy IPA sort of notes. It's smooth. It goes back so fucking well. Like uh, this is this is. I I think Adwathiri are my like. At least for me, like undiscovered brewer of the year, where where suddenly I I've, I I know now who they are, and it's why I picked this beer up because. The previous beer had such an impact. I'm like, this is really good. I need to have more from them. So as soon as I saw another beer from them, I'm like, yes, I will. I will have that. Uh, which is Riot. You can see it's very deep in color, a little bit more deeper, a little bit hazier than the beers I kind of had. Hmm. But when you drink it, you get fruit. You get sweet fruit. And that's it. Like, it's Mm. smooth. It's so smooth. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. This is... It's absolutely ridiculous what some of these American breweries are doing to make their beers just so easy to drink. Yeah. And, you know, everyone talks about Finback Equilibrium... And I don't think I've uh, I've heard of Edouard Theory in the same sort of conversation. I don't know whether that's because just a distribution sort of thing, at least over here. But from what I've had of those breweries and this brewery and stuff, this easily stands out. It's just one of the... I had like four sips and already this is one of the best beers I've ever had. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's it's. This is just so fucking good, and it's like what five months old at this point, six months old, seven months old at this point. No, Jan, July, July. So five months old. Yeah. And yep. it's lost nothing. I mean, it, it, I say it's lost nothing because this is what I have to go on. It may have lost everything, and <laughs> a month after it was good. released, it may have been even fucking I, better. I think at that point you're probably but over this, or underthinking. Yeah. I've lost track yeah. of the right qualifier. I think this is this is just really really good. Yeah. It's I mean, just so so easy and it brings up some lovely fucking flavors. And I I know that this is this is the beer of the evening that 
Mm. I can drink. And if I had another can sat there, that mm. would be the first one I would grab. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. After f- after four sips, mm-hmm. this that's amazing. Is yeah. Just just a stand out, and that's that is how I felt about their previous beer as well, about the Bardial Thirteen. Uh, just just so good. It feels almost unfair to pick to and to put everyone else against this. Nah, it's and, fine. You know, it's fine. We talk about hops. We talk about water quality. We talk about lots of different things that make beer kind of what they are. I've got no idea what these American breweries are doing to make their beers just so much better. And it's a shame and just that so much stand out. Expensive because they are doing like crazy nuts things, and it's like yeah, I would absolutely drink more American beers if yes, one were available, and if they weren't like sixteen pound per can. Yeah, I mean that's a big thing. I mean, so so to 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 slightly speak on that, like the other beers I drank were between maybe five and seven pounds, mm-hmm. roughly, and this I think was about eight. Pounds, that's fair. Maybe nine. It was not over ten quid. That's Definitely it's not. Just like wherever I see like American breweries, they are just like yeah, we're charging fifteen quid for like three hundred seventy-five mil. I'm just like, I can't. You know, it's like as much as I love like someone like Tuol. Yes, yeah. It's just so expensive for the money. It's like why? Uh, and even and even Amundsen. As you drank earlier in the evening, even in, even Abenson can put out a four forty mil can at like eight quid, yeah, easily. That was like the cheapest one I saw from Abenson. It was like five pound sixty. It was like okay, yeah, five four hundred forty mil. That's like a bargain. <laughs> you get a desert in a dessert in a can, and just like that's a good nine pounds for like three hundred thirty mil. You know yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I think so far, Edouard Theory this year mm-hmm. have been my best new brewery, have been yes. my best value new brewery, have been my favourite American brewery, have been my favourite beer. Uh, they just they just racking yeah. up things for me. Like I, I just this this I mean. That's good. Fucking hell. Like, Sounds great. It, it, it's just next level. It really is just next level. It's great when you can find something that's like... That's what Dale was for me for like... Uh, yes, while. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That white whale, that one that is just so exclusive and it's hard to get. And it's, you know, just clamouring for more. And it's like, I'm happy that day is more... more you know, that they've ramped up production and stuff like that. But it was that special kind of time where it's... You know, hunting down that day can. Um, yes. Because it was so good. So. Even even steady rolling man, which we've had several of, you were still looking for it. Yeah. 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 This is a better time where I can just get day on like, <laughs> you know, look at their website. It's like they have stock. So yes, this is a much better time. But this, you know, just something special about hunting, hunting it down. Yeah, so I, mm. I, I imagine Edouard will be that for you. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It it's very much fallen into as soon as I know that they are in the bottle shop that I frequent. You're there. Uh, yeah. I will. I, I'm there. I'm. I'm going <laughs> to get one of these beers. Yeah, definitely. That was me driving in my car. Someone posted on Twitter. They have a dare. 
Zoom. <laughs> do Wonder Woman spin spin around a few times. As soon as you as and as soon as you've seen it, they're like, We've got three hundred and sixty cans. Don't worry about when you come in, you'll definitely get one. You're like, No, I'm going now. I'm not missing out, I'm fucking I'm there. I need this, I need this now. Mm-hmm. I'll buy four, I'll have one straight away, and then I'll let the rest sit <laughs> for a little bit. It's fine. Good. I will yeah. have to try them out in the new year. I'll, I'll seek them out. Good. Yeah, you should. You should. Uh, Adol, we'll come yes. back to you for the Thornbridge. So, oh, uh, yeah. So it is like another one of these beers, where, which, if Verdara was still around, would be like, is that just like a Dr Pepper? Uh, it, it it is. Um, there's like almost no head. Like you can see that there's just the ring. There's nothing in the middle. Uh, mm. the lacing is okay given that there's so light of a head it the nose is very potent though this is a 13% barrel aged stout um, and it the nose is like sweet and it's sickly alcohol sweet and it's there's stuff going on but the, the, the first thing you think is I smelled this it's gonna be strong like it's not just pure alcohol, but it's like <laughs> strong beer, right? Like I'm not getting any a lot of other hints, uh, notes, or anything. It's just like this is a stout. The stout is going to knock me on my ass. This is what I think. Mm-hmm. This is what if if it feels like when I knows it. So what's gratifying is it's less boozy on the on the taste than it is on the nose mm. but it's not not really pulling the boozy punch i think it's just that there's other things going on so that barrel aging is interesting because i feel like and i i mean maybe this is the other things i've had but there's a bit of a like a a fruitiness there's definitely um like chocolate vanilla sweetness and i think it's probably just the oaky bourbon barrel coupled with the straw like the high alcohol content that makes it taste slightly sweeter so those roasted malts turn into chocolatey malts because uh the bourbon barrel just allows you to do that transition yes um and again, the bourbon, like, bourbon's very common to have a vanilla note. Uh, I think that's there as well. Um, this is a 13% beer that does not hide its booziness, which is why I'm taking very small okay. sips. Yeah. It's my fourth fairly strong beer of the night. And I feel it. And this mm. is not, this, this isn't one of those beers that you accidentally have at like, 10, 12 plus. Um, I I really like what it does. So once you get past that, like, quite strong forward booziness and sweetness that comes along with it, is a, like, notion of chocolatey uh, that is more nuanced. It's not like milk chocolate. It's not mm. like you're having a dairy milk, right? It's just, like... It's actually the chocolate. What I think, I, why I'm mentioning the chocolate in this is it's um, the chocolate only comes, it becomes noticeable after you recover from the very strict, straight booziness, sweet booziness. Okay. So when when the sweet booziness 
leaves and the chocolate enters, you have a bit of the hint of the sweet booziness, which makes it feel more milk chocolatey than like straight chocolate. Mm. Um, but it allows the chocolatiness to have its own space because it actually feels like there's a phase of, oh, this is this is a strong beer and it's it's sweet and then that ends and then you're like oh it's also chocolatey but because it's also and oh it's also chocolatey it means the chocolatiness can be a little more bitter because the taste curve is actually quite like alcohol sweetness forward so by the time you hit these like latter notes you've either become accustomed to it or these like alcoholy sweetness um notes are less strong so that it can be more nuanced. So you get this notion of like a thicker cacao, a thicker chocolatey uh, taste. And it feels more, there's more depth to the taste because you're not being overwhelmed by, it's a sweet 13% beer. So that sweetness is just going to make all the chocolate taste like milk chocolate. Actually, it's mm. quite good. And like that, like all the stoutiness still remains stouty despite the fact that it starts real sweet because it starts real sweet, but that real sweet phase kind of ends, quote-unquote. Yeah. Because it's still there. It just fades enough that when you sort of notice the other um, flavors, they aren't being trounced by it. So you get this taste curve of, I'm still kind of like, well, this is a boozy sweetness, but all these other tastes are on top of the boozy sweetness, not being overwhelmed by it, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, the necessary evil, it, it, it's bourbon barrel aged i would say uh my one complaint is there's hints of the bourbonness which is like those notions of those notes of like a bit of vanilla and a bit of like thicker booziness but they're kind of overwhelmed by just hey this is it's just kind of booze forward and then not and it's like if you did yes. age this in a barrel that was bourbon and it was just a booze forward regular stout i feel the same because like the mm. interesting things are like it's booze forward and then it, something else and actually the bourbon aging and maybe that's how they manage the transition but like taste wise it feels really like what i like about this is the fact that it's 13 percent, and then at some point it's less oof and then i, I get to experience some things and the bourboniness isn't really lending anything directly towards that but indirectly it might be that that's why you get the transi transition but right now mm -hmm. like taste wise i kind of my money's not on that initial taste my money's on that transition the fact that it kind of like doesn't taste 13 percent by the end of it and yes it doesn't matter that it was bourbon a barrel aged beforehand in that booth like what happened in that boozy moment isn't exactly what I'm concentrating on. So the fact that it's like a fancy boozy moment doesn't work. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. I mean, it's not bad. I'm just saying like that's the that's the drawback. Okay, but it's still up there. Also, like I will say this: like at thirteen percent, it's actually quite thin. Everybody likes. Yeah. So like same with mine. Yeah. Yeah, so so like at thirteen percent, you'd expect that those tastes kind of being unavoidable, but actually mm. they just cling to the mouth long enough for the taste to do its thing and leave. Mm. So despite the fact that it's thirteen percent, so it's going to be a little more clingy because it's thicker. Um, yeah. 
it's not like the thirteen percent isn't changing the taste profile. It's not making you sort of sit with a taste longer than you want. So it's it's really well balanced that way. Um, nice. So in one in one sense, I'm like disappointed because I feel like the interesting things that make it strong are kind of like the things that luckily allow it to do its other things because they don't last. The other way mm. is like this is 13% and I could easily keep going back to it and not notice because it's what it is doing well is not reminding me that it's 13%. What the flip side is the things that it's not reminding me of are also like interesting tasting notes, but like that's the trade-off. It's like yes, yeah, yeah. This could be you could be totally misconstrued this is a 9% beer but because you can totally misconstrue this as a 9% beer you could not notice that it was barrel aged yeah like that's the that's the trade off yeah. going on hmm. yeah yeah cuz when it's really tough right cuz it's you, like you, you i like wanna, both of these yeah. things and i like both of these things not being in my face mm-hmm. but actually it's like the a, in a tandem it doesn't like work 13% give me that barrel aged like smack it Smack yeah. In the face of it, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. Anyway. So. So. So that's. Um. Yeah. So that's the necessary evil. Fair. In a nutshell. Yeah, it sounds like the name. Yeah. yeah namesake works, right? <laughs> Good. Good. It allows us a nice uh, moving on point, I suppose, to talk about. Uh, our... One might call it a segue. Oh, almost. Almost. A necessary, well, yes. A necessary evil to move on to our favourite games, our top three games of this year. And I hope oh, you both do I still don't have those mind. Open? I hope yep. you both don't mind, but I'm going to launch into my third game. Yep, go for it. Which we've touched on. Fifth of Seven R. Seven remake. Uh, you know, you know, shall I launch into my third one first because Ooh, why something that we speak about later my uh, i mean oh no motherfucker no, no, really? I, I think actually so we i've already mentioned that <laughs> ben's third game is not in my running so i think we should just let ben let, let's just get the ff7 stuff out of the way um i, I was just gonna say my, my third one is last of us so and i imagine that it features in ben's higher oh i see i see i see yeah. see i misunderstood what you were saying Yes. No, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> cool. Um, so, Ben, sh- shall we talk about The Last of Us later? <laughs> no. Uh, we, we, yes. We shall no, talk about that. If it's later. It basically, you don't have to talk about it much. We, we, hey, inside baseball slash very obviously outside baseball, <laughs> we did not tell each other each other's lists. So, yes, but if I Ben's top. But ben, we're going to talk about Last of Us later on your list, yeah? We'll talk about okay, it. Okay, yes. So, yes, yes, yes. Lucy's, la- Lucy's number three is Last of Us. We'll yes. cover yep. it later. Yep. Uh, we we skimmed over FF7R for me because it was the game that I wanted to finish because I expected... I, suspe- I suspected it would be higher on my list if I managed to get around. And now you are letting us know that it is your number three... Yes, yes, it is my number three. Um, Just call me Mr. Conductor because I can put us on track. Thank you, sir, for that. Um, It's my number three because it gave me a lot of what I wanted and changed things up enough 
that it felt different to the original game. Like uh, a lot of the chat around it was, there's extra stuff. There's you know, it's just that Midgar section of Final Fantasy VII expanded a little bit, but I felt that it was expanded enough in interesting ways. Uh, it's still turn-based combat if you want it to be. It's uh, it can fall into that Final Fantasy thirteen change of action kind of combat if you want it to be. Uh, it does enough that it allows you to kind of play how you would like, but still retain the essence of Final Fantasy VII whilst throwing in extra bits, which I appreciated, which were well done, which I liked. Final Fantasy VII is one of my favourite games ever. Yes, mine so too. This remake. So this remake, it, it pulls on those elements. It absolutely pulls on that. And just plays on it a little bit more. To make it a little bit more accessible. Make it slightly more modern. Not super modern. It doesn't have all of those accessibility elements that you would think it would. Uh, that a, uh, that a, say a Final Fantasy remaster. Final Fantasy VII remaster may have. Uh, that is the same game as Final Fantasy VII, but puts in accessibility modes as the PC version did. Like, stopping you having random encounters, stopping you doing certain things, and making it a bit of an easier game for people. Remake is very different. It expands on areas. It gives you more lore. It throws in more content. It gives you more dialogue. And that's stuff that I actually didn't think I wanted, but did want and enjoyed when I experienced it and I love an RPG, I love Final Fantasy I love Final Fantasy 7 so to get more of that was fantastic for me Yeah, I, I, I wanted that, I wanted that explanation I wanted that exposition I wanted more from certain things and at some points, it felt like a bit of a grind, but Final Fantasy VII felt like a bit of a grind. Uh, and that may have been one of the reasons why it didn't feature quite, you know, why it's third rather than first on my list. That there are elements within this game that felt like a grind that I had to do rather than wanted to do. Right. Okay. Uh, but when I played through this, the side missions, which were optional, I ran through and did. I went through the areas. I played it as if it was something like Final Fantasy thirteen rather than Final Fantasy seven. I, I think I like that's exactly what people needed to do to enjoy this yeah. game. Was yeah. like either you didn't have FF seven OG in your head or you played it like a new game. And I think that's what the So again, I didn't get to the big spoilery parts, but I, I, I know in I've been hinted at enough by the things that I've assiduously avoided to know that, like, the best way to interpret this is a game that resembles a game you know that is doing yes. something different. And that's why I'm, like, a year in almost, because it came out, what, last January or February? Almost a year later. Uh, yeah, about March. I think it's March. Yeah, yeah, fair. But, like, I'm really close to a year of inactivity, yeah. but... I only know something vague about the, like, twist or whatever because I refuse. So I don't normally care about spoilers, but, like, 
when I heard that there was something interesting and quote unquote groundbreakingly different about how they handled it, I was like, I don't even care if it's minor. Even if I forget about this game, which if you listen to the last episode, you'll know that that's exactly the category it sits in. Um, I don't want to mess this up, and I'd rather have my vague intuitions about what it means to be in this position with this game than know the facts. Yes. And I think that's a re- that's like amazing for a remake because it's obviously not a remake. They did things, which I will gladly unplug if you want to talk about because I know Lucy probably doesn't care and everyone else no, probably knows. But like yes. I think that like it's a crime that from the vague notions I know that this is seen as just a remake when really it's like kind of a reimagining to make it relevant in the modern context yes, while not yeah, pissing much. off gamers who existed 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years yep. ago. Um, which is, oh, I thought, impossible. Mm. Like, yeah. if they advertise this game as we're doing FF7, but also we're kind of fucking it up and we're doing real weird stuff, and the end of Act 1, which is barely, like, not... not maybe disc one of the original ps1 game but maybe not even um yeah they would have been lynched and they didn't they just released an episode and then did some crazy shit and because they did it well no one complained because yeah, so absolutely. much of not angering gamers is giving them a good product and not antagonizing them before because boy are they fragile little bastards considering that they think that they're <laughs> yep. amazingly yes, anyway yeah. sorry i was like, about to like, like- it, yeah. Just as an addendum, I haven't played this game. I don't care about Final Fantasy, but to yep. see how a game which had every it, this could have gone off the rails. It was a long time mm. coming. You know, when they said this is only the first portion of the game, there was a lot of red flags. But to see that people loved this game was just so welcoming to see. Like. Yeah, absolutely. I think it fell off. Like, I think a lot of people's touted it for like this will be my game of the year, and it, I think the last part kind of like soured people, and you know the fact that it's split into sections it, that discounted, but it, it doesn't take away from the joy of people having something that they love so much remade in such a oh absolutely bold and interesting absolutely and and it, know, and it, and it Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and that faithful element comes through and it fills that nostalgia element as well. Whilst it is very, very different in its aesthetic and, and mm-hmm. kind of how it plays, it still fills that nostalgia element as well. That uh, is yeah. that is a factor absolutely. within this game, absolutely. That and I think you think, I played this before, but differently. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, nostalgia goes a long way, but it's like yeah. even me, like... I like the music of Final Fantasy, and it's like even that, like, you know, mm. drums up some nostalgia. So I can't even imagine how much that is for like people who, who love that game. And yeah, just yeah, it's. It, I mean, just looking at the game, it's, it's so polished, it's so pretty. It's mm. like, it is. It, uh, I'm glad yes, this yes. Turned out well. You know? Yeah. Good. Mm. Uh, let's move on from Final Fantasy Seven, Adol. We'll come to you. My number for three your game. Third favorite game. Uh, ooh, not favorite, but my number three game, which okay. I will say, uh, I I waffled. This this was a spot that I was like, I kind of wanted to make 
so we did our um, uh, categories for not mm. top three, and the category that I waffled on making was game that was needed for a specific moment in 2020. And I knew that, like, you probably would have said um, Jelly Bean Game. Yeah. Uh, but I... Cool guys. <laughs> uh, I, and, and Luce has already talked about this, but, like, it's Animal Crossing for me. Uh, and that's why okay. I wanted to say that category, because I played the shit out of it. Mid-lockdown one. I did the turnip game. I did all the things. I even made a, like wrestling ring in the basement of my house and then i abandoned it like the plague and haven't thought about that game since um so but it served its purpose well exactly so, so this is this is why I, I was waffling for between this very specific um category and oh no actually l- let's face it like i'm still not playing a lot of video games generally so, like, I put a lot of hours into Animal Crossing, and that I didn't, especially in the first half of the year, like, I just didn't play games, but I played this game. And also, I visited people, so, like, I'm in, like, Facebook groups that are based on podcasts, like, like offshoots of podcasts uh, I listen to, so it's like, hey, you're all fans of Flophouse, but also care about American politics? Join this group, but also these people... These specific people, uh, I can't Probably read that. Can't see it. No, yeah, <laughs> played um, for two hundred hours or more. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, so these nice. specific people are are playing Animal Crossing a bunch, um, and it's like, yeah, I may have only played with these people a couple of times. And they've done it a bunch more, and like, I am not an Animal Crossing expert, and some people got a lot lot more catharsis and blah blah it's blah. My first and Animal Crossing. Y- yeah. yeah, you 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 could you could split hairs all you want, but the point is, there was like a two month period where I played this game on the daily. I did interesting things. I like. Uh, one of the reasons why I actually think I haven't gone back to the game is like. I, like, figured out, I optimized internet people you could interact with and the uh, stock market, a.k.a. turnips, and I made millions in two weeks, and I was like, cool, I now have all the house upgrades and a lot left over, and the rest of the game is like a grind of hoping to get the right, like, things spawning in the store, and for me, it sucked because I happened to get, like, this... Like, I got to the point where you're not supposed to have millions of, like, bells just hanging around. And as soon mm. as you do, and you realize, I literally can't spend them on anything because I got the last house upgrade. And there's, I have to I visit people's islands to go to their stores to, like, do things. And if I don't care about that, then... Yeah, I th- and, I and, and and I'm not saying that there's nothing left in the game. I'm just yeah, saying it okay. gave me that flavor of mm-hmm. this entire air arena of the game is really chance based, and I I don't like playing it. And because of that, when they released like fishing uh, or diving and all these other things, which I actually my favorite parts of the game were like finding fossils and fishing, etc. And but because I happened to have like figured out ways slash use the like the world to figure out ways of like conquering the like money market 
and there wasn't any reason to stay on that except like now suddenly it's just like you might have 70 million bells but you if if you don't find someone who spawned this particular thing in their store you'll never get it uh i kind of got soured on it and then i didn't pay attention so then it was like i like fishing but i don't like it enough to stay in this world where i feel like mm. i did well in a way that the world isn't rewarding me does that make sense yeah uh, yeah as, as someone who's played a lot of this game and, and who has also fallen off in the last few months, I think, yes, what you're saying is... I think that's the merit of it, though. It's like, you can play that till you, you're sick of it. You can gain the turnip system and be rich and not have anything money to spend on. But I'm just, like, still here just making clay pots and selling them for, like, what, £2,000 each never got into the turnip thing because I'm just like I don't want to play for anyone else because it's a pain in this game which is a knock against it connecting online and stuff like that and also because uh, screw it I, I just like chopping down trees and making clotheslines and selling them for like 10 pence each even though yeah I think that so, that's actually my biggest problem with the game was that uh, it has it's an algorithm based game because all games are in some people just shared information about that too easily on the internet and so like so like when you were really into the game Lucine, you were very proud and i think appropriately so of like not caring about playing it optimally but like that that like extra couple of weeks of me um on your heels i was like uh how what do i do to like so i just did the natural thing which was like Okay, so w- what is the best way to, like, catch up? And then it was like, ah, here are ways. And then my, like, very structured brain, who I used to work in finance way back in the day, it was like, You got cool. rich. You sold yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly it, right? So, so like, like I <laughs> literally worked for an investment firm that did value investing. And, like, it was like, oh, turnips are clearly not value investing. They're short-term gains but then i found out that there's someone on the internet there's a website on the internet that that, that like people just advertise the turnip stock market yeah yeah they, they they're saying here's the price of my thing this is the price of entry it's like cool i just need to find i can use my value investing notion of being like i know that buying at 200 bells a turnip and selling it more than 200 is fine so then it's just a question of what are you charging me? So I just need to watch this website to see, oh, someone's being really generous about a, like a very minimal uh, price for uh, you selling turnips on their, on their island. Cool. I'll overpay them because I want them to keep doing this, but overpaying them given the fact that they're undercharging everyone is fine. I flip so like I flip a hundred thousand bells into a million, and then I do that again, and then suddenly I have, I literally like had like nine million bells and bought all the upgrades I could do, and suddenly millions of bells left over, and I was like, I don't know what to do with this, and this is I think the problem was like if you play the game that way, which is a legitimate yes. way of doing things, As a right? Like, yes. yeah, yeah, but the, then it's <laughs> so, like. The game curbs you on what you can buy because you have to have it available in your store or already bought it in your store. But that means that, like, I have 
four million bells. I've bought all the upgrades to my. I have rooms I want to like decorate, but I can't decorate them because yes, I don't have access to the things. I completely agree that there are barriers in the way of like I want to play it this way. I want to play it as a money oh, maker. Yeah, and there are barriers in my way to make it not fun, and then just you know just get you back to square one. It's like I I don't want to play it. I fully agree with that. And yeah. sir, I also used to work for an investment firm, investment company. Yeah. So I know all about capitalism, which brings me on to my <laughs> second game oh. of the list. Oh, can I? Oh, I want to hear this, but I also need to pee. <laughs> Go pee. Okay. Uh, yes, you're allowed. So, Ben, Lucy's going to catch you about, up about why uh, yep. Tom Nook is... A saint. Which, oh no, I, I, I this guy, oh. Tom Nook. I actually. So I, I know I said I need to go to the bathroom, but I will say, people are idiots if they think Tom Nook is a bad capitalist because look around you, all the real capitalists are way worse than Tom Nook. Interest-free oh, loans, yeah. fuck off. That's a good deal. This I'll be back. Socialist. <laughs> that's fair. That's absolutely fair. I completely yeah. understand um, what we you've were, been talking about. We were talking about um, how uh, Animal Crossing is. Um, good if you want to play the system <laughs> like uh yeah. Hill, he was touting i will even say bragging because he's not here and i'm just lying <laughs> but it's just how he is a money maker and a capitalist and he robs from the poor he's like a very <sighs> robin robin hood oh and, dear um he took the shelters off everyone off the island um in in his uh, animal crossing world and he just sold turnips he stole turnips from the poor, sold them to the rich, and then he got rich, and then he was like, oh, I don't need to buy this fifth extension from my house. I've already got a mansion in LA. Yeah. Do I need it on your yep. poultry little... I will not feed into this community because, um, screw you guys, I'm just going to colonize it and turn it into like a... And then move away. Plantation. Yep. Yes, and move away. He, he hasn't been back to his island for like three months, so just speaks volumes of his character to be honest whereas <laughs> I'm still there you know chopping trees regrowing them and you know helping out the island cleaning up the beach there's a lot of shells on the beach and these bottles you know you don't want glass on the beach you don't want to step on the glass exactly um, exactly anyway I'm two. glad I'm glad that I'm glad that Animal Crossing has so many different facets to it it's, it's capitalist the game yes it's is, not though um, it's like Weird, like, too kind capitalist. Yeah. It's like, what if capitalists had a conscience that, like, appeared every 30 days? <laughs> to put, um, no more, no less. The, the interest rates are just like, you know what, you know what really pained me there that game? It's like, I think the same day I got an email about the interest rate of my Animal Crossing uh, bank account going down was like the same week or day. That my actual bank account <laughs> the same email written in the same time. Oh, I'm sorry, I have to, you know, like, match to, you know, current events. It's going down to, like, normal. Animal Crossing just zero. follows the market constantly. Just yes. but, uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, Lucy, this is, yeah. let's, let's, let's not talk about this anymore. Let's move yeah. on, let's Lucy, to your second, yeah. to your second uh, game of the year. Kentucky Route Zero. Um, um, oh. Okay. I super happy to hear that because I'm one of those people. Sorry, I don't. 
I'm just going to preface this no, with... continue, please. I have always been interested in this game series and never got into it. And one of the things that, like, I was hemming and hawing about was... Uh, I kind of want to just play the game. Um, and I've heard conflicting reports about what it means to play the game over the past five years versus all at once. But, like... Seven years or something. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I'm super happy to hear that, like, you're saying... So, so some people said mm. it fell apart in the last act, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. And you're um, saying it's not... Even if it did, or whatever, you're saying it's worth it. I would say that the last act is probably the weirdest and the most... It's the most con- tonally consistent in what mm. it's trying to do and, and structurally consistent. It's all set in like this... Because you're, you're going around... The whole thing is you're going around Kentucky, like the Rust Belt, the... Yeah. Kentucky Route Zero, which is a magical, realistic kind of place and time where you are mm. driving around like southern slash middle America, and but it has this kind of uh, paranormal extension to it where, um, yeah, it goes beyond that kind of like decaying Rust Belt, the the places that time forgot, the, the, you know the it, it, it sort of goes beyond that, whereas the fifth chapter is very much set in this one location. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. Um, it, it's yes, it did come out over the course of eight years and or seven years. What's... I remember playing it back in 2000. Was it 13 or it might have been early 2014? I played it after everyone touted like this is great. You know, this is the first episode, and it's like I played it. I played every episode when it came out. Yep. I don't think I quite got it until mm. this year. I think Interesting. I've grown up and it's like um, I've I couldn't imagine playing it this year because I played it before all this crap happened with like the coronavirus and it's even more prescient in terms of what has happened <laughs> this year and it's like how you know capitalism and how how the the people in the, the you know the upper echelons of society can control and dictate and disenfranchise and marginalize people in this system and you know capitalism has benefited me in a lot of places but at the mm-hmm. same time <laughs> there's a lot of things where you can see it's like i'm just i'm just fortunate it's like there's a lot of people who aren't, and this game really hammers home. I mean, it was, uh, it was, con- it was, you know, the conception of it was after the 2008 economic downturn. Huh. Was game. sorry, I just like need to pause. Wasn't that a quaintly like, oh, it can never get better, worse than this notion? As we're in the middle of a pandemic and Brexit's mm-hmm. about to just shit the bed. Yeah. So I couldn't even imagine playing it this year like after the i mean there was, it was things were already coming to a culmination this game set in america obviously in like the, the whole well it's a lot of a mess over going over there and the current establishment and everything it's like it, it, oh man. but but yeah just just everything's come to a head this year it's like yeah. this game is would be even more torturous playing for somebody who's you know had a loved one die of coronavirus or been mm. subject to oh I'm only getting six hundred dollars for the stimulus check and 
nonsense like that. So, uh, and yeah, playing it over the years, I was just like, this is. I mean, right off the bat in this first episode, it's like this game's a bit weird. It's not not a traditional point-and-click adventure game. It's beautiful the the way the you know it's set up and the the direction the writing is all beautiful but I was always like where's this leading to mm. and I think I got that closure this year where it's like it doesn't need to necessarily lead to anywhere this game has a message and it's yeah. yes it's, it, it's it's very heartfelt it's very real it's very it's sad <laughs> and like the, the the last episode like um it, it on paper, when you when you, if I said just what happened, I'm not gonna. Uh, you'd just be like, why is that sad? But it's like a culmination of everything, um, everything this game stands for, the meanings behind it, and just right. It's it, it, I've never played anything like it, and anything that's evoked such a emotion from me because probably because I feel like I've grown with this game. This game was mm. always good, but it's like right. I've understood this game over time. Which is yeah. sad. I wish I was still living in that 2013 wonderland compared to what it is. Now. I mean, I think that we all ignorant, are. Ignorant, yeah. blissful place. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's a fantastic game. I, I, I wouldn't suggest anyone play it now, but. Um, so, yeah. so play, this play, is interesting, play, right? Because, like, the besties yeah, talked about it uh, on their podcast. Yeah, have to and to um, one of the things that came up was um, experiencing it in the moment as each episode happened versus all at once, like if you just started playing now. Because, like, uh, Chris Plant made a really good case for... It's weird. In the, in the modern era, you don't have a good, like thing that represents the way things were like like just a historical landmark and actually mm. uh he, he he argued that like if you ever doubted that like games could be art or historically important this is it because yes uh kentucky route zero uh is a is a game that was episodic across the 2008 um crash yes. and all the things that led up to this nonsense that is 2020 and his argument which i found really compelling was even if you don't like the game you have to acknowledge that this is a piece of history that i don't like that isn't better replicated by anything else that shows because they took so long to do things because the game is that slow like it spans 10 years of austerity and changes of like etc and and like you can't help but notice that like the decision in episode two or whatever of like what counts as a good move is based on the like locus of permissible political moves that were all like talked about and then you move a couple years forward and those are different and it's like even Mm. if you don't like the gameplay or whatever actually nothing is better suited than this game to talk yeah. about what the political moves is at least in the states but in the the general like austerity and then collapse of austerity Cultural, moves you know, yeah you know, across the globe and i find yes, that really fascinating because it's like we're finally at a point where so it's it, like 
If you talk to an English major, they'll say, like, yeah, actually this terrible, shitty, badly written um, novel is super important because enough people read it at yes. the time or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It was influential. Yeah, and I feel like I'm not saying that Kentucky Road Zero is terrible but influential, etc. I'm just saying I feel like we're finally getting to the point where people realize that, like, games are cultural touch points in this way because yes. yes. they yeah, do yeah. comment yeah. that way. And so even yeah. if... Um, the people who give a shit about Kentucky Right Zero will never enter that sp- space axe uh, or whatever. It's still very clear that we are hitting a point where the reason why... So Kentucky Right Zero lived in this liminal space for 10 years. And the reason why it might not be important is just because not enough people played it or something like that. Not that it wasn't... It, 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 yes, it's not, not that it didn't deal like with that thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so, so absolutely. like, then it becomes a level of impact, not a could it impact thing. And I think, yeah. sorry, I think I was not explaining things. That's exactly no, what no, I was saying. You are, you are, yeah. You are, so you it's are. like yeah. these these things matter for video games, even if only seven people played them because they have impact. But the level of impact yeah. might not have been there because none of people played Kentucky Right Zero. That's a different question. That's a different thing, which is the level of impact, which is like the same thing that the like there are people who just loved or loved to hate cats the movie that came out last year and there most people want to forget it existed that's a it had impact but how much do we care about the types of people who had it had impact on i i think i think and you're i think absolutely right this, yeah this, but because it was built on that you know, after the 2008 economic downturn, it's just, it, it, it's it's happenstance. It's like, yes, we, we're still in this kind yeah. of, you know, even worse position due to recent events. You know, no one could have foretold this. They, they didn't. But I think the game very much stands on its own, uh, on its own merits, mm. even outside of that. And yes, you're absolutely right. This, this transcends, like, media because it does hit on those cultural touch points and it's better for that like if this had come yes. out in june after like the, the the coronavirus hit the west it would have been even more more prescient more more you know it would have even had a bigger impact yeah i think this is very much a game for the ages where it's like no matter what cycle of capitalism you're going through you can point to this yeah and mm-hmm. it just hits harder yeah. and it's i i think that's exactly it i'm glad you pointed that out yeah, which well, is yeah. like mm-hmm. a lot of this is either you recognize that all these things are impacted by the greater cultural yeah situation you're in or you don't and if you don't, you're just pretending like things things don't impact other things. If you do, then you're just kind of in almost a shooter space where you're like, "Hey, this impacts this this thing you. that you you reviewed this game, but you didn't think about X." And then, like ten days later, some entirely different game or whatever circumstance or update, uh, whatever you want to, however you want to couch it, like. There's a shift, and someone's like, "This is a different thing." And you're like, "Actually, no, it's the same thing because the same yes. underlying things happen." And then you're yes, still that asshole who's like, 
politics matter and they're like oh, politics don't matter in games i'm ubisoft don't mention them, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I but I really mean that in the sense of like, even when you get through to people, often they're just like, "Cool, I'll compartmentalize that." And when you're like, "Actually, yes. let's just do one stretch more," and notice that like the thing that you're acknowledging is a big deal exists over mm-hmm. here, they really want you to not say that because they want to be like, "It exists." Yeah. Cool. But but no. as a one last footnote, it's like the. The, the last chapter of that game. Yeah. There's um, a place where it's like, okay, we have to have this ceremony. Like we have no, we have no infrastructure. We have no, nothing left. Yeah. But we no, have to have to give. this yeah, ceremony. Yeah. And it, it, it's just like, yeah, there are people who are just being put into mass graves right now as a result of the coronavirus because people yep. cannot have those ceremonies. And it's like, damn! <laughs> I could not have foreseen that this game was not made in coronavirus times. It was made over mm. the course of the last several years, but it's yeah. making the same point. I I think that's it, it, super it's important yeah. though because it's like it's, it's uh, the things that hold society up aren't amazing, weird, novel things. They're the same shitty things that we don't want to acknowledge because acknowledging them would mean say acknowledging that the world is tough and then you'd have to change the world or how you approach the world yeah and but, actually but this game just does it in such a yeah, yeah. to cut you off but just mm-hmm. such a poetic and uplifting way as ben was talking about in the last podcast like new life and death and you know it has that Unfortunately, it's like not a case of you know natural causes or anything. It's like because oh, I, of what people I think that's super important done, because but it yeah. still still it still gives yes. that hope and that yeah. chance for rebuilding. And um, I think we should move on to a more happy game. In yeah, the yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the segue move. Well, you say let's move on to a more happy game, and if it's rolling around to me for my second oh. wait favorite game. Because we, we, we roll through slightly yes. differently in this episode. Yeah, 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 uh, it's fine. My I said Animal Crossing, game. that's all I care about. That was my number three. That's it's not fine. happy, that's yes. depressing. Piece of art. Mate, my, <laughs> my, like my, second, my second favourite game Death isn't, that much, isn't that much more happy, and it's Crusader Kings 3. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, I wow. didn't expect it. So I, I, so I kind of did because you didn't mention it in the run-up. But I honestly mm. thought that it wouldn't have been this high. I never but picked. Um, I think it's because the last time we spoke about it, it was about like run of the mill things, and I have no idea how much you've played it since. Because so I played. I played a lot. I played a lot yeah. of Crusader Kings three, and it's not a game that I was familiar with previously. This is the first instalment of this game that I mm-hmm. played. Yeah. Um, it allows you to live out that kingly fantasy Wish in lots had. of different ways in lots of different ways uh, through military might through espionage through good ruling uh, it, it just allows you a lot of flexibility in how you want to play this kind of like forex grand strategy style simulator and, and, and you no. Know, you guys know and, and listeners would know that I love a 
grand strategy style game. And really? Crusader of Kings three, I think, currently uh, is the is the best version of that for me. Um, it just it just has so many different options for you. It has Wait, so many can, ways can, to play. It allows ask, you to do lots of different things. Yes. Can I ask, is it about flexibility of people to play with, or is it about the people feeling powerful? Because like, I feel like there's both. there's a bit of a... And choices. So yeah, there, both, there, there's both. like this moment of, I can do anything, versus the best thing I can do is get someone to help me with X. So I feel it's, like it, it's both. It's the absolutely report, both. Yeah, the reports I've had about Crusader Kings has been, it's very good at the latter, maybe the former. I.e., uh, there's some set paths where if you have someone, some other body, it makes sense to do X. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what I didn't get out of that was, hey, if I, if I brought my friends in this world, what would it mean? Yeah, so um, it's it's allowed me. So in the in the latter, it's very much allowed me to be kind of like, "Hey, we have an alliance. I want to do this. You should support me." And that person's gone, "Yeah, sure. Why not? We'll support you." Right. Uh, but in terms of the kind of kingdoms that I have played as, I have always had an advantage anyway. So I haven't actually necessarily needed that support. Uh, but in the latter, uh, no, sorry, in the for- in the in the former, it has kind of been. Um, I'm going to do this. Are you there to support me? And characters have been like, yeah, we'll send like this many people. That's not right. all of our people, but we'll send we'll send a little army to kind of help you. And occasionally, that has turned the tide of battle. That has helped, and occasionally it has made no difference whatsoever. I was I was always going to kind of win out against my foe because right. they were so much lower. But I think the thing that Crusader Kings does very very well is that it allows you to do kind of like wartime versus peacetime movements. Mm-hmm. That it isn't just constantly you're fighting for more land. That you want to do more stuff. It has enough policy and intrigue and trying to change things culturally and religiously and those sorts of elements that you're not necessarily taking over and constantly conquering other people. Mm-hmm. That you need to be concentrating on your own people to turn to, to get that ticker to go over 50%, which will allow you to then change policy so you you're you're on your death that your land isn't divided between your four children mm-hmm. that you can decide that actually it's this one child which is going to be my heir which will then be the player character after my death that everything will go to them like i i've played games where my player character died and because of the rule of law that things divided up between different people and then they've been enemies they've been rivals and suddenly I'm playing as this character and I've retained X but Y which I really wanted to rule a a continent as such or at least a a body of land which allowed me to be an emperor has been divided up between their children 
that I then had to declare war on a brother or sister to allow me to try and progress. And it it, it, it constantly throws up these different political scenarios. It, it sounds these like different a, things. a game that perfectly does social engineering, but it's still mm, a video Absolutely. Like, that oh, is a very yes. good way of putting it, yeah. Numbers. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think I love it for that. I love it for the way that it can just throw things at you and you're like, oh shit, I was not expecting this to come up. But this is now the situation. I have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. How am I going to go about doing that? Right. I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And it's it's really... It's, it's both good in throwing up those different scenarios, mm -hmm. but also allowing you to adapt to those sort of things. And I think it because of its... RTS elements is turn-based elements. It allows you some time to consider and think the moves that you're going to make, but still being pressing and pressuring enough that you can't just be like, "Oh, I'll just see how this plays out." You, yeah. you have to make a decision. You have to do, and it just it gives me everything that that kind of like grand strategy game should give me. Uh, I think at this time, at this point in time, mm -hmm. everything I want from a grand strategy game comes from Crusader Kings Three. Yeah, it, it's it's, I, it's something that I'm very much jealous of. I wish I liked that kind of strategy game mm. to get Crusader Kings Three. I wish I had that kind of game that actually got remade. Right. <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. Like in terms of like Final Fantasy VII for you both. Like, yeah, it, it's. It's those like it's, like it's just great that they exist. Like, absolutely, absolutely. And then, like you know, you, you, from the from the conversations we had previously, you you know I love my forex fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know I love my RTS games. Yeah, my strategy games. This just encapsulates and captures a lot of things that I want. It's not just that it encapsulates things. It's, it's throwing things into this mixture as well. That I'm like, wouldn't it be good if it did this? And it's like, oh shit, it does this. Brilliant. That's the, yeah, perfect. And my run through may be flawed, and awkward, and hard to work through. And you ate sixteen babies. Hey, I ate some babies. All of the guests that come to my court are put into a stew. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's there's there is that element to it as well. But it does allow a lot of. Um, a variance it allows me to play things out in lots of different ways and that is a real benefit to this game if if, if you are listener a strategy aficionado if you even just enjoy strategy games or RCS yeah. games then then this is this is kind of like the pinnacle currently in my opinion of those kind of games, you you cannot get better currently than Crusader Kings Three. Wow. Right, in yeah, my, in my opinion, high yeah. praise. Yeah, it has a lot of people rate that game. So yeah, seems like a good and it came to it, Game yeah. Pass. So it did, or? and that is that is how I played it. I played it through Game Pass. Like I'm I'm a big fan of Paradox Interactive. I like a lot of games that they have put out. And for Game Pass, uh, for Crusader Kings Three to have come to Game Pass day and date with its release on PC was absolutely fantastic. Now, you know, uh, Game Pass is something that we talk about almost weekly. 
Yeah, and it's something that benefited me greatly for my number one. Oh, <laughs> perfect, perfect. But I think Ada, we're missing you out on a on a number. Uh, number two. Yeah. Are we at number two? Sorry, I lost track. Yes, number three yeah. was your Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, your your that'll do. Number three. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this is a series of games, but also they released two different editions this year. It's Jackbox. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is the thing I thought that you guys wouldn't have predicted, but is very clearly the case because yeah. Um, uh, so, for those who don't know, uh, on the Discord, uh, we've been having Friday night movie nights. It's mostly like people I know through philosophy, but like we just like watch a movie together, and then afterwards we play Jackbox. And like Lucy actually alluded to this, which was like yeah. I think one of the problems with this is like it, it's the same group of people, so it can feel like I don't know these people if I'm not part of it. So blah, but like. Lucy fully admitted that, like, she was like, I'm at a moment where, fuck it, I'm just going to join Adil's oh, Weird Jackbox stream on a Friday <laughs> and do my thing. And, and like, that's Lovely one of... people. Great time. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even even if it was actually just limited to people I know in person that way, it was super important and super... Boy, did it matter. Um... <laughs> uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I have screen caps of all kinds of weird, stupid games that no one cares about, but I definitely hit print screen on. Uh, but honestly, it's like, if I want to explain to people how you can have a good time on the internet with, with other people, I point to Jackbox streams. And yeah, I've had really good ones with uh, the same group of friends, but in various iterations. And like like Lucy said, like, Lucy was just like, I'm having a bad day, and I know they're having a hangout, and we, and Lucy joined in, and we did rap battles, and it was great. And, like, I'm the only person who knew Lucy regularly, but it didn't matter, and the fact Mm. that this type of game could allow that, because I'm not saying these were very unfriendly people, I'm saying, like... No, they were the, great. Like they, like, they were great people, but they also were very accepting. As I just gate crushed. Yeah, but 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 also, I think it's important to point out that like these people were just doing their own thing, but the game, yeah. will, the the design is such that like it's like a lot of these like communal games are like either you play it as like abject strangers or you know each other, and Jackbox just has really good design. So like, if someone who so if it's like eight people who know each other and one person who doesn't, there will be prompts that don't disadvantage the person who doesn't know everyone. And, like, we kind of bumped into that the couple times where the philosophy group had people join in. Or someone who is from philosophy but doesn't join in often joined in. And, like, I think the fact that, like, Lucy three segments ago just mentioned this offhand as a fun thing to do is exactly what I'm trying... why I think it's a thing to highlight, which was... uh, I just let you guys know, like, on the Discord, we're doing this thing, and most of these people aren't on the Discord outside of Philosophy Nights. So it's very much a closed circuit. These are my friends who just want to hang out with each other. But then, 
as Lucy pointed out, Lucy was just like, ah, I kind of just needed to join yeah. in for a while, and it was fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you don't you don't have to feel like you need to be part of this group to know this. But it's it's a very fluid multiplayer game. And yeah. If there's any praise for the game, it's like I don't play multiplayer games. But anyone who listens to this podcast knows I don't. Yeah. But I will always want to play Jackpot sort of when it when, when it's available yeah. because it's very low effort. It's very it's feel good it's not like oh you know it's not mechanically intense it's not even like overcooked which is very simple but it's like you need that coordination you need that you know someone might be shouting at you like throw me that carrot or something well i don't mm. i don't really i can give as much as i want to yeah if i miss a round it's fine because i was on the Uh, shit or something it's it's fine yeah i was just saying i think that's the 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 big thing that i think they undersell themselves on which is they've manufactured all kinds of situations where people feel comfortable inviting people they don't know or know very not well and it's a testament to them being very good at their design job that it's like you don't bat an eye when you're like hey i one of us knows you and the rest don't it's fine (laughs) this will work fine and you can and just that's, be in the audience if yeah, you want to. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like, it's, yeah, it's, enjoy it's, that content. Yeah. It's because like they're so low stakes, but also they know that those stakes have some input. Like, mm-hmm. if you were just observing and there was like you couldn't vote, the system would break, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that they've thought about it, which is like, actually, our ideal is Lucy jumped in. She knows Adil, and so she should vote, but also we don't know how to deal with that. How do we deal with that? Well, we'll figure that out later, blah. But actually, it's like a... We'll pretend we know the answer to that, and if it doesn't work, Lucy will just be a vacuous voter, and if no one cares... <laughs> yeah. No, no, but like, I mean, seriously. Like, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. If no one cares but about what vacuous, Lucy votes, yeah. but Lucy feels <laughs> like her vote mattered... Then we've won because nothing productive has happened with respect to the group, but nothing destructive has happened. And I think yes, that's yes. what Jackbox has really excelled at, which is realizing that your best case scenario is short circuiting, very st- straightforward. Like, if I was involved, I want to do X. And then realizing that sometimes those should just be thrown out. Like, that's it. Mm. That, like, any really good Jackbox effort it can be boiled down to that. And, like, sometimes it's uh, participation and people, like, identifying with certain roles in that. But most of the time it's just sometimes this doesn't have a throughput. Sometimes it yeah. does. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm glad you brought up Jackbox because, like, if there is a game for the year, like, we talk about Animal Crossing Among Us, like, Jackbox has yeah. always been that. That's like it. So, so, so yeah. yeah. So it's again, I, I I was gonna say uh, so when I said Animal Crossing, it was a game that was needed for a specific moment in 2020, and like I think that's the same reason why Ben was gonna say Fall Guys is the same reason I was gonna say Animal Crossing. But actually, what I like a lot about Jackbox is name a moment in 2020, mm. and it would it would live that in a way that like. Uh, the other two games wouldn't like yes. October 2020. Animal Crossing isn't fulfilling the role of the game that people needed in 2020. Yeah. 
Fall Guys yeah. is, but Fall Guys isn't in April. Uh, I, I, but I, I, like roughly, a deservedly good high, and I think it's tapered up. Yeah, I, I, is that steady one that will always be? Yeah. There. So, so I am not saying that they aren't good games or don't deserve a moment in the oh, yeah. sun. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm saying yeah, why I think Jackbox actually. So, the fact that like, um, what is the the the? I, my brain just farted. Sorry, um, sure. the the game that everyone played. Uh, <laughs> why is my Among brain? Us. Among Us. Thank Among you. Us. Yeah. yeah, no, it's Among <laughs> Us. The fact that Among Us became a thing, even though Jackbox Series Six or Five was essentially the same type of game, which was a hidden role thing where you spot the alien. It was actually more complex than Among Us. Yes. And it because it didn't hit that like through line of you can default to this but at some point someone has to like make a decision but i found it really fascinating that like people pretended like this hidden role thing was new for among us it's like i, I think people are aware i just think it, to, to have that distilled version of it there's one family who played that version in jackbox who are very angry among Us is a thing. It's like we were there first. Really? But it's like <laughs> there's got to be, but it's just like I oh, used I to play saying, those yeah. kind of. I used to play Mafia as a teenager, so it's like mm. those games have always existed. I just think it, it's like Fortnite. They stole the idea of battle royale. They did, and it's just like they distilled it to something that was um, marketable. Same yes. with Among Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Among Us is like Absolutely. free on some platforms, like a quid on the others. So. But also, it's, like, it's just, yeah. two it's or three years old as well, like, uh, you know, had a resurgence because people were looking for that kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. And <laughs> suddenly realised that game did exist. It's not even so. like they were catching the wave of, like, this is popular now, let's do it. It was like, this has always been around. Yeah. Yeah. People just started to notice it. <laughs> So Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely had people in in that like Jackbox group who were like, "Which play Among Us?" I'm like, I fucking forced us to play the Alien game on Jackbox, and you all hated it. I am not gonna force people to buy or download or whatever Among Us if you were like, I didn't like the Alien game, which was more nuanced, and maybe that's a fault to it. Like again, more nuanced doesn't mean better. Yeah. But, like, it was like, no, I have some sometimes evidence that people didn't like this. I mm. Sometimes it just takes that right presentation, yeah. and, as I say, storm in a bottle. Like, you know. yeah. Oh, great. It was just real tough. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so okay. that was my number two game. Good. Yes, and that leads us all into our number one games. Uh, I think from my conversation and from what we've led into that mine is probably the easiest to guess um, in that it is The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, well, I thought it was Streets of Rage 7 Remake. <laughs> I thought Streets of Rage would chart for you then. So um, it, was, it was close. Sorry. It was close. Crusader it was very, it was very Streets much of Rage 7 Remake is what I meant to say. Um, yeah, go go off then on the last of the slight. I mean, I, I mean, so. we've Lucy, you and I have talked about You're this at more length. Passionate about it. Yeah, we, we did. We did a spoiler cast. We so did do a spoiler cast, and, and I think that the last of part two 
gave me a lot uh, in, in terms of giving me a narrative to a story, leading me through certain things, being slightly linear but a little bit open. It, it kind of hit, ticks a lot of boxes for me that I would like. So it it very much catered to me as someone who liked The Last of Us. Not that someone wanted, not someone who wanted something different, but wanted something slightly evolved from The Last of Us. So those bigger maps, the idea that the narrative, whilst still fixed, uh, kind of changed up quite quickly. And whilst you had a big open area, the story moved swiftly. And you had these acts and you move through things and the idea that you're playing the antagonist and the protagonist and that kind of switch up. Like, I love the way that this game just changes things and changes your perspective and allows you to think in a different way and forces you to think in a different way whilst giving you the gameplay which is very similar, slightly different between characters, but super similar in how you actually play that kind of game and that being the unifying element throughout uh, uh, coming in from the first game into the second game but still telling a very different story and telling a story which people felt and and I felt uncomfortable with right something which made you think about stuff uh, there's there's not many games uh, which have made me feel this uncomfortable. Uh, Spiritfarer made me think about death and the way that it portray- is portrayed in games differently. Uh, the Last of Us 2 doesn't necessarily make me think of death differently, but it makes me think of the reaction to death differently in how it then portrays its characters and the storyline that it wants you to, to, to play through. And then the perception of that and the perspective of that that it then jumps to. Uh, it, this game has come under criticism for lots of different reasons and a lot of those criticism, criticisms... Bleh, a lot of those criticisms are why I actually like the game. Uh, people being fucking babies that you have to then play as a different character. I actually really liked. I like that change in perception. Just to interject, I think... Yeah. I mean, we have spoken about this game. I think we're going to speak positively about this game because we both love it and we're not going to talk about any of the surrounding, you know, development issues or anything like that. A lot of the people were disagreeing. You look at, like, Metacritic. Anyone who's looking at this... we. I'm sure they're not looking at Metacritic and taking that as a mm. uh, sound basis to judge a game, but there are a lot of unfounded reasons why people dislike yeah. this game, but yeah. I, I completely agree fr- from a uh, critical point of view why people didn't like that bait and switch. Mm. I can agree with them for that, and it, it's not, it wasn't for them, but as you say, Ben, I think that made me appreciate that character more, and the yep. whole I'll say I'm not going to say too much about this game because Ben you're obviously more passionate about it than me but it made me realise why yes a sequel to The Last of Us like my favourite game up there 
was justified. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like, yes. Me wrong. And we yes, you know? we we've, we've talked about the idea that this game, yes, like, like you like you've said previously point. like mm-hmm. do I need a sequel to this game? No. Unless it's a, unless it's an interesting story and then they come out with this sequel which is an interesting story and you and you say yeah actually yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is this Absolutely. is brilliant. And it, but it's it's the same as you know any not any literature of course but some literature, uh, you know on that sort of level of things, in its divisiveness between people who enjoy it versus don't didn't want the story to go in that kind of way. You know, there's lots of people who will complain about this game in terms of where the story kind of took them, and uh, I I. I try to go into this game with a very open mind of being like, well, it's gonna, it's gonna do what it wants to do. Let's see what happens, mm-hmm. and be like, oh, actually, I, I really like what this game did and yeah. how it changed those things up, and I, that it is an yeah. evolution to the first game, and that the story changed in this kind of way, and it, it, it kind of just did more than any other game this right. year for me. Mm-hmm. In terms of how I think about things, in terms of not just games, but in terms of General stories, thoughts. literature, Narratives. thoughts, exactly how, narratives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how I approach any kind of story. Yeah, this has now altered that and has had an impact on how I feel about that. So yeah, absolutely. This gave me faith that it's like um, I could have a follow-up to this game happily. Like, uh, yeah, I didn't want a sequel to. Them first game and as soon as I got into back into that as soon as I heard like the clicker <laughs> sound I was like yes I want to be back in this universe it's <laughs> yeah. so fascinating yeah. I'm terrified but I'm, I've also yeah. got a massive smile on my face because this this universe is so well written so interesting mm-hmm. and uh, for anyone who thinks it's like so dark and miserable uh, the first game was that and it's like like Ellie is one of my favorite game characters, and I love what they mm, did ever, to yeah. her in this. Yeah, and I love what they did to her in this game. They made her a villain. And I'm just thinking, yeah. if you're living in this kind of world, there's no way you're going to be that happy-go-lucky teenager yeah, absolutely. in your life. Yes, like you saw that transition in like the two thirds of the way through the the last game, all the crap that happened to her. So it's like. I don't think this game is like miserable for no reason. I don't think it's like um, misery porn. I think it's just like raw. It, it stays, yeah, it stays true to its vision and mm. yeah, and it, it continued that throughout the second game and like I, I I will not spoil this, but the second to last like cutscene in that game just wrapped everything up for yeah. me. It's like I was yeah, so absolutely. Not so unconvinced, but I was enjoying my time with the gameplay, and I enjoyed the story t- up to that point. But the motivation of the character just wrapped itself up in that one cutscene, and I think Troy Baker, like, Nailed he's it. had a lot of plaudits, deservedly. But it's like he is that. When you're in so many games, it's like yes, you're gonna come under a limelight, and you're gonna be plauded for what you do. Yeah. But just that one line he had. <laughs> Yeah, like brought one of the times that brought me to tears, but it's like yes, that, that and just, and and again, it, it just, this this very the, the easily could have been in that tearjerker category for me. Yes, uh, from that one scene. Yes, yeah. but the confidence of that to like have that whole story and that whole motivation 
just surrounded by that one cutscene that's like yeah. two minutes. And and, and to deliver shows, it yes. right at the end. It, 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 it doesn't it doesn't come a third of the way through the game, it's not at the beginning of the game. It is at the end of the story. Yeah. To be that confident in what you're portraying is And confident uh, in, the, is, in the people playing it. Yes, absolutely. It, it respects you in that way. Yeah. The people who didn't get it didn't play it to that point and they just wouldn't have got it anyway because they already had preconceived notions about it and there are different takes on the game which I understand it may not there are a lot of what you'd call inconsistencies in the game if you yes. didn't get yeah, that yeah. one moment yeah. but the fact that it has that just like the last moment of the last uh, uh, the previous game a lot of it hinges on that moment and it's like mm. if you understand that and if you if you gel with that it's not even if you understand. If you gel with that, then you get it. Everything's just like falls and out. And, it, and it, it feels much more like a um, like a classic literature novel in it's terms like, of its in it, terms yeah, of its, it's payoff. Like, like I, I don't want to. It doesn't lead you to, up. Like I, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But it is that. It's yeah. like, no, no, absolutely, that absolutely, <laughs> it is that. It is that. Like yeah. so many, so many, like modern novels have to lead you along because they understand the uh, you know the attention span of people reading them to be like right we need to kind of draw people in at this point we need to draw people in at this point we need to draw people in at this point we need to draw people in you look at kind of classic literature where it's like build 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 get a little bit build 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 some more get to then that third act and this is where we drop it all on you yes and The Last of Us is that it is kind of we will build this we will build this oh no we're going to change perspective and then we're going to build it some more we're going to build it some more and then suddenly it's like this is the motivation behind everything yes. that's kind yes. of happened yes. and we're going and to you, give you we're going to give this to you five minutes before the credits roll mm. and I, I think for, at least for me mm. I was sat there when the credits roll just like fuck me yeah yeah because it changes everything it's like yeah. I understand now you're yeah. being unreasonable but I understand it yes yeah. yes and there's there's parts of that game I hated <laughs> absolutely hated there are some points uh, and and yeah. you know and part you know but, but I hated because I couldn't understand the character's motivation for doing what they were doing <laughs> and then suddenly I'm like Oh um, shit! No, I, no, I get it now. I understand. I absolutely understand why that happened. Uh, and was and, and you know, it's it, it is apart from Spiritfarer, it is that game that I'm just like weeping at. Yeah. At right at the end. So, yeah. I think it's phenomenal. That's that's so. The Last of Us Part Two is my uh, is my number one. Yep. I agree. I, I mean, any other year it would probably would have been mine. <laughs> yeah. So Lucy, what's yours? That leads us. That leads uh, us to very much into you. If if I could see like um, if you showed little Lucy, little Lucy, little Lucy, a game where it's like this is everything you want. This is this is cool. It would probably be like Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like you know robot yeah. dinosaurs running around and it's very pretty. Yeah. But going back to like my bread and butter kind of game it's like metroidvania we ha you know yeah. there's a bingo card every time i say 2d 
uh, yeah. Metroidvania, <laughs> uh, side-scrolling, pixel art is one of them. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Which, which yeah. Is... I was wondering about that because, like, y- you were real keen on it, but you also you were aware of its, like, shortcomings when you talked about it. Were there shortcomings? I mean, I, you, you, you <laughs> talked about, like, yeah, but this is why I wanted to bring it up. Or it was, like... Mm. The shortcomings were kind of like you needed to know how the previous games worked, control-wise, that type of thing. It um, seemed like, in retrospect, it seemed real, like, of the moment complaints, not general I think, ones. I think, I think um, a lot of people fell off this game more because um, it didn't run well. Um, mm. I played it mostly on PC, and apart from yeah. like one area on PC in this like hub world it ran fine for me on my pc and it's like pc's mileage may vary um, yeah i think that i played some of it on xbox as well um same choke point where it's like the frame rate would tank it's now running at like 120 frames on like xbox series x i don't have one so i can't test that but um it, it, i i didn't speak much about this game really this year, it's like Hitman was my game of the year for like two games, and I yeah. talked on about that game because I knew it was a lock. <laughs> I knew there was yep. nothing yeah, 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 yeah. Would, would dethrone Ori because this is it, like how I liked Hollow Knight a few years ago because it was that Metroidvania, it has beautiful art, it has you know this kind of isolating like kind of atmosphere, sort of like Super Metroid, which is like one of the pinnacle of that this genre. Ori just is better. It's better than Super Metro. It's better than any Metroidvania mm. I've played. It, I loved um, the Blind Forest, but this is. I remember the dev um, Moon Studios who were just so talented that they were saying um, how uh, the Blind Forest was like Super Mario Bros. One, and then they just wanted to ratchet everything up and have Super Mario Bros. Three. And I was like, okay, you're already speaking to me because that's like my favourite Mario reference game. <laughs> but they absolutely did this. They did it in the art department. They did it in the combat. They did it in the platforming. They did it in the music. They did it in the story. This is another game that made me cry. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just everything that I, <laughs> I want from a Metroidvania. It feels so good to play. It has enough combat. It has enough discovery. It has enough good platforming and just I mean I would just play like some of the music Gareth Coker is um, the composer of this of, of I think I think he might have done the first game as well but he's touted to do like the Halo Halo Infinite game mm. and I'm just like you know what I don't really care about Halo but the fact that he's linked to it and if he can do anything with you know Marty O'Donnell's original score I'm there just on that music because Ori and the Will of the Wisps has the best music that I've heard all year and like in several years and the way that it just folds into the gameplay because I'm not sure if any of you have played um, the first game but what it was really beloved for is these kind of sequences Mm -hmm. everyone harks back to the Ginzo tree where you're doing these nuts you know you're doing this platforming section and it's like you have to do it in one go. And this platforming section lasts a good five minutes. Yeah. Um, 
and if if you die, you go straight back to the beginning. But the music just loops, so it's just like you're continually not forced, but encouraged to go again and again and again, no right. matter how many times you die. And it's just it's so fluid, and it's it's not like oh, <laughs> I died, I gotta wait for. 15 minutes whilst Bloodborne reloads. I gotta do it again. <laughs> you know, just immediately, you're right back in there. Yeah. And this game has several of those moments. Um, one of my favourite moments is like with this spider. And I don't like spiders. I have arachnophobia. Right. This is the best part of the game. And my like favourite song of the game. And it's just it, it, it's just like white knuckle kind of like gameplay. Where you're just going through this chase sequence and this fight sequence and the music's just swelling and it always goes back to the original like um, score of like Ori if you hear it and you know it, you right. know what it is but it has all these different variations on depending on which boss you fight and it's just everything just culminates in the perfect like I'm just kicking ass like kind of combat experience and platforming experience and this is like the last, the, the, well, if you're good at it, the last level, like Super Metroid, when you're fighting like Mother Brain and you're going for all that mm. other crap before and you're just escaping at the end of the game. And it's just that kind of feeling where it's like everything is just culminated in this, in this thing at the end. But you have that several times in this game. You know, fighting, escaping from this sandworm, fighting this spider, fighting this wolf, and it's, it's just so good. And you can mm. you can customize your different like um, combat options. The, the music is beautiful. The the visuals are beautiful. Just the way it you, you look at you remember Blind Forest and it's like that was a good looking game. And you look at this and it's just like this is like moving art. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. And I can't like if I can play that 120 frames per second in like 4K. It's the best game of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, totally. this is probably one of my favourite games of the generation, if not the nice. favourite nice. game of the generation. Perfect. Um, ben, I know you had some trouble with it playing on a Jewel mm-hmm. um, Shock, but if you can, one day, definitely go back to it. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's it's, it's, even even yeah. from the very small amount I played, mm-hmm. it's that one game that I'm itching to kind of go back to. Right. Yeah. Uh, the one that I'm like, I, you know, I, I cannot play this currently with the setup that I have, but I want to be able to play this game. Yeah, it's it's it's. As I say, like uh, I'd love to overlay my emotions with a soundtrack from that game. Mm. But as I say, like we probably get copyright. <laughs> More than likely. Yeah. It's, ooh, and that game had the feelings just like the like the first game. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's such a good game. I, I'd say like with when I when I look at like my top tens of the years over the decade or something like that, uh, this might rank higher than Hitman just because it's just like wow my kind of game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm, I love it. Fair enough. Good. I love it. I I, I I I don't know what could top this. As a no, that's fair for me. I yeah. hope Hollow Knight Silk Silk Song comes out next year. Yeah, so that yeah, there might be the thing. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That, that, that game Maybe. Might come out for time. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Um, good. Good. Thank so, uh, Ori and, and the Ori. and the Will of the Wisp. 
Yeah, no, that's good. It's absolutely. Game Pass. I game. thought it would feature. I thought it would <laughs> feature very highly for you. Uh, I love that game. Yeah, good. Uh, so that leaves us, Adol, me with one more discussion, one more game to talk about before we finish. Yeah, out Magic the Gathering. Arena no, I already talked about Magic no, the Gathering. I spoiled that. that. What do you want to talk about? What's the last game so, we're going to feature this year? I, I, I'll, I'll reprise some things. Uh, hey, I thought that Animal Crossing was great because I played the game and it mattered. And uh-huh. if it didn't matter to you, that didn't matter. If it mattered to you, it did. That's why it was my third. Uh Jackbox was a thing that I played with friends who didn't normally play computer games and also those who did. And it was very much a 2020 thing, which was... I don't play computer games. Like, but, like, even <laughs> Lucy, who doesn't know my stupid philosophy friends, joined one day, even though she didn't join in the, like... So, like, we normally played it after a movie night, which was very much a a bad movie watched together to make fun of and like Jackbox just fits that bill really well but also a friend of the channel could easily join in in the same way that's why Jackbox was number two Uh, I honestly didn't expect this as my number one game of the year except it just overwhelmed me but it's Hades. Like I just, oh, I I okay. played that. Like I have only started playing this game in the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm a person who has been part of a podcast of playing games and a part of a channel of streaming games, etc., for years. And I have had a struggling point of like being okay with playing games and not feeling guilty about it. And Hades like just trounced that. Like. I wanted to play more. I had all the guilt and didn't care. And it also has all these really great mechanics to just continue playing. And basically, the reason why Hades is my game of the year is because it's everyone's game of the year. It's really good. It feeds all kinds of weird, interesting ways of doing things after you beat the initial round. Which I haven't even done yet because, Mm -hmm. like, two days ago, I got to Hades, finally beat fucking Theseus and, and the goddamn, like, uh, Minotaur, but beat them handily, and then immediately beat the entire rest of the game and got to Hades, beat his initial... Like, so, the first time I beat Theseus, I beat Theseus and the fucking Minotaur, and the next section of the game, and... Was really, like, really easily beat Hades on his first iteration. And then it turns out he has a second life when you beat him. And then he fucking killed me. Um, I hate that. I hate when they have second But, but, like, I get it. But it was super interesting because, like, I've played a lot of Hades. And, like, I played, like, I think I'm good enough at the game until, like, Elysium wasn't a problem. It was the boss. Yep. So, so like, it's 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 an interesting game because some people are just like scream through, hit a boss, have a tough time. Some people are like, I don't know, and like, uh, the secondary like, so it's like, first stage, second stage, second stage has never been a problem for me. Like, 
yeah, I might lose some lives there, but I'm not ever worrying about it. And then the boss was okay, and then I started beating it regularly, and then I went to Elysium, and Elysium was hard, and the Elysium boss was harder. And then the first time I beat the Elysium bosses, which was, again, like Theseus and the Minotaur, I then hit the f- like the la- like the second like the second last stage but it was so weirdly balanced because it was like yeah cool if i can kill theseus i can kill anyone involved in this and i did so my like first round with like my first time experiencing the last round before hades mm-hmm. was like yeah i can beat you and then i beat hades okay and it turns out he has two full health bars and i didn't think about that even though obviously that's how games work and then and then like what what i like a lot about the game is like the reason why i failed was because i started to panic like Mm. i really like this game because it's so well designed and like actually i was at a quarter health and then it was like you got hades to zero and then he refilled and now he's got some new patterns and if i was calm i could probably have i don't i don't think i would have won but i could have figured out some of the patterns so the next time i hit there but actually what happened was i i was like i fucking got you to zero why are you doing this thing and then my brain went to like very minimal like yeah yeah, it's super normal but like exactly yeah and and that's why i like the game that's why i like the game a lot because it was very clear like like i saw the like specter of me doing better and then i saw me not doing that the ecstasy and it's just like i bet he has a second health bar yeah yeah (laughs) exactly tanks and then you're just like i'm fucked i ain't dealing with this yeah i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna go all that and then you just die but yeah, so that's why I really liked the game because it was very clear that like when I f- fucked that up, it was not the game is switching gears and you just have to recognize when it does. It was like we're always playing this game. And you didn't you didn't you didn't play this game that hard. Like I really mean that sincerely. Like uh I've leveled up in that game kind of quickly and kind of slowly in different ways and i think it's just because i it's me grappling with the mechanics that are opened up or whatever and yeah uh you're playing on switch right yeah yeah i'm playing on switch and it's great god bless you ben i appreciated what you thought about the game but you were playing in early access Yes, and I actually think that's really important else who are just because like, I mean, you're the original hipster Ben. You were there first. <laughs> no, but I actually think that Lucy's it. right because, like, <laughs> so much of the game has evolved, and so much of the game mm-hmm. is about the interaction between characters. And like, for example, like the only like you can't. There's a a scroll that you get for interacting with all the uh, gods, but you literally can't meet Demeter until you get to Hades the first time. Mm -hmm. And so, like, beating Demeter the first time involves failing at Hades the first time. 
you can't do one without the other because if you just magically mm. beat Hades the first time, you won't notice that you also beat Demeter the first time. Like you would just win, right? Like and like these things are really interesting and really important because the game is so well paced. This game yeah. is so it, well it's, designed. It's, it's, it's and very that's well why it's like like part of it Absolutely. is game of the year because honestly, for me, it's the first game in years that made me want to like just pick it up and play it like i've struggled with like phd guilt etc for years and this was the game that it was like i just want to play this game i'm just gonna play this game and i haven't done that in years and that's super important everyone said like this is game of the year and stuff like that but i was like hold on adil played this for like more than an hour i'm in yeah, so I that's like, I bought I bought it yesterday because of what you have said about it. And I really appreciate it because, like, yeah. like for me, the, the reason why it's game of the year isn't even all the systems are well balanced. It's like this game makes me want to play it, and yeah, I've been Absolutely. so used to um, fighting against wanting to play games because of various reasons, and I didn't fight against anything. Like this game just made me want to play it. And that's mm. great. That's what's yeah. yeah, and it's and like, like, it's like um, what's that? What's that puzzle game from the FDL guys called? Into the Breach. Into the Breach. Yeah, that's a puzzle mm. game. Same thing. Yeah. I was like, Adil says it's good, so I'm gonna. Yeah, those exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so this game was the same. It was like <laughs> I felt like it was very straightforwardly a game I wanted to play, but the more I played it, the more obvious that like trade off was, even if it mm. seemed like just a kludgy trade off. Uh, but boy, do I want to play more of this game? Like <laughs> that's why it's my game of the year. Is because I played a bunch. I also overcame my own bullshit because of this game, which is a big that's part right. of why it's my game of the year. Because like, I let's be that, honest, yeah. I, I've somehow managed to be a co-host of a video game and beer podcast for <laughs> years, but the last two two and a half years, I've been like. No game can grip me because I feel bad about playing games. And this game was like, obviously I don't have a job and blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't feel bad about playing this game. And also I want to pursue it. And that's, this is the first game I've ever hit where it's like, I'm flouting that barrier in a way that usually I'm just like, okay, well, what can I play next? Like when I played Falconeer, it wasn't because I wanted to play a game. It was because I need to play a game. And, like, for Hades, it's like, I want to play this game. Yeah. And that's the thing that really is why it's my game of the year, even though I'm not good at it. Like, I recognize that, like, I hit the 50 deaths barrier, and some people already, like, beat Hades once before that. I didn't. I don't care. I don't care because the way this game, like, leverages improvement etc is so well designed yes that yes. even though i'm bad at it i don't feel like an idiot like it's not this about, is it's why not i think it's competence. really important yeah yeah, yeah. I'm i love big... that because last year your favorite game was steam or quest and yeah. it's like i enjoyed this because i played part of it but that was just in a very much okay i need to fashion up a game for game of the year yeah Whereas this is a completely... You know, this is a game that, like, I guarantee you, I'm going to yeah. try and finish in the next month. 
in a way yeah. yeah so this is why i'm so excited about this game because i've never really been that excited about a game of the year in the past couple of years for my own personal reasons but this is like a i don't actually care fuck you guys could like no, say no this yeah. isn't a great game of the year but like I, all, all i want to do like in, and i played a bunch of cyberpunk this week for various reasons and it's like actually what i want to do is do a couple runs I don't even care if I never beat the game. I need to beat Hades once. Like, like this is these these thoughts of like, yeah, I'm probably bad at this game to the degree that I will never do the thing that all the other speedrunners or people on the internet do. But I think I'm good enough at this game that I can beat Hades and find out what the fuck that plot thing is. Like, there's yeah. something about the plot which involves beating Hades at least once. I can do that. And I can do it well. I can enjoy it, and that's super cool. And I want to do that thing. No, I I, I love that. I think it's really touching Good. because, like, I'm sure I'm not sure about you, Ben, but I've had my time away from games. I didn't play games for mm-hmm. years when I was like a teenager and young adult. So it's like sometimes you just need that one game to bring you back. Yeah, into absolutely. The yes. Like I think Last of Us was that for me, like majorly. Um, mm. I was playing a few games, you know, bits and bobs before that, but I just love how Hades is that for you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and you're just a filthy casual at the end of the day. Your favorite games. I mean, I think that's exactly why I'm really like happy with that <laughs> game of the year is because I don't actually care about other people. It's just like it fits my, it fits both my I want to be good at games, but also I'm not good at games in the sense of like but, I but don't do the things something now, yeah and you're gonna complete all those Steam games yeah exactly you're gonna be like me next year it's like I played over a hundred games but it's gonna be over uh. a thousand yeah so so, so all your Steam games that's every the thing game, it's like every game available <laughs> you'll beat Super Hexagon <laughs> oh man I mm. I mean if you if you beat Super Hexagon we're done I've beat it I've beat level Walk one it down <laughs> <laughs> the, the podcast, right. the podcast is finished. So what There's Lucy's no saying anymore. is, in order to participate next year, we have to beat Super Hexagon more than level one. <laughs> you have to beat it ten times, like Hades. <laughs> um, anyway, not possible. So like good, good. Yeah. So, friends, listeners, viewers. Friends from the Countrymen, lend me your ears. They have been our game. They have been our games of the year. Uh, we have Ori and the Will of the Wisps. We have The Last of Us Part Two, and we have Hades so as like, our standout picks. Yep, they're not. They're not. They're not only the games that you should play. We've we've laid out lots of games that we have enjoyed through the year. Uh, that you should all go and take a look at, but they are our top three from each of us this year. Also, really, to I, I have to say, to... I'm really happy that okay. we had a disparate top three that ever all mm. three of us understood. Absolutely, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't Absolutely. like a. What are you talking about? It was like a yeah. <laughs> we we went different paths. Venn These diagram. are interesting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yes. It was good. Uh, I'm really happy with it. Yes, and this evening we've sat there, we've drank a load of beers, we've enjoyed uh, them all. As we've discussed, 
when we first opened them all up. You've possibly listened <laughs> to our categories, our previous episode where we ran down some of the other notable games that we have played this year and fitted them into lots of various different categories. We've talked about games that we have wanted to. Uh, we will be back next year mm-hmm. at some point. Ooh, next probably year, in the first yeah. week of the year. Next year. Uh, there's a new console out. There's two new consoles out, in fact. Wait, is it's there a new an console Ouya generation? Three? There's like three consoles. <sighs> the if, N65 if the Ouya, is available. No. So there's different consoles. Who gives a fuck, really? It's like it's that whole game. thing is yeah. shit. Yeah. Let, let it go, um, let it go. Come we'll on. be back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bye, we'll be back in the new year. Having played some games over the Christmas break, I would think uh, to be able to discuss next year, we're going to talk about the things I would imagine that we're looking forward to. Perhaps so tune in. Uh, the first week of January, which is probably when we will get together next to talk about all of these things. Uh, thank you very much for joining us this year, for joining us for our year-end show, for joining us each and every week to listen to what we have to say about games. We appreciate it very much. You can go to uh, at TankedUpCast on Twitter to chat to us all about what you've been playing. I'm at Lover underscore 47. Adel is at the Omniarch. Lucy is at JuicyLuce9. You can get hold of us on Twitter and on the socials to talk to us about where you would like to play different games with us or suggest games to us that we may have missed and we would like to play based upon what we have previously talked about or any beers that we may have missed this year, which are still in circulation. The issue with beers Mm -hmm. is that they very quickly disappear based upon the amount that have been brewed. Disappear, exactly. We'll have to go on to mainland Europe, which we're not allowed to do at the moment. But at some point uh, and, and, in the future, it'll never be we the might case. be allowed. No, no, we're done. Yeah. We're uh, on a sinking island. Let us know the beers made here that we can enjoy before we drown. But uh, also, in if you enjoyed the field podcast of other corpses, the VOD, like, subscribe, review, whatever it is, the thing on oh, the platform that you have happened to endure us on. Ooh, Endorus on sounds real bad. <laughs> Boy, have I been drinking. Enjoy uh, it. Yeah. You enjoyed. Enjoyed us. is the word yes, I was looking for. Us. Endure yes. is the word I reached for. It's fine. We all love Thank each you. other. Thank you. Um, yes, yes. I, I would so like to So, like, that. subscribe, Thank you. Thank you for, to follow, review, die. whatever it is. Um, and also, if you didn't like this, tell us why. Tell us what you drank, no, what were your top. No, it's fine. We can it's ignore true. them. We could just be like, "Hey, that <laughs> asshole said that thing. Don't worry about it." But also, they might have something interesting. So we'll we'll, we'll, we'll endure. Um, Lucy, yeah. Lucy, um, you had a, you had a comment, and we will yes. finish out on this comment. Yes, I'd just like to say thank you to our ride or die listeners. Um, these podcasts go on for a long time, um, so thank you for listening till the end if you do and you two have also this is the end co- we're done yes you, yes no more <laughs> let her finish <laughs> sorry i two, could not resist <laughs> you two have been my catharsis uh catalyst this year so <laughs> i love you both dearly and i enjoy this podcast very much i love talking about games and beers with you good uh i, I, we I love will you. reflect that and say Boy, would 2020 have been way worse without you guys. Uh, 
no, no laughs. I mean this really sincerely. Um, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm really glad we exist as a podcast. I know there's people who listen to us who don't regularly interact but enjoy it. But also, if it was just the three of us in the world, I would try and do this every week be because you guys meet. You guys, you guys are great, and it helps me live through the world. Uh, but also, oh, hey, tell your friends we're, we're, we're good people. We have a good time. Hang out. We do. That's that's how other good. people find out about this show. It is. It is, and it's a wonderful place to finish. Yeah. Uh, I will just conclude by saying. There's no excuse there. But, you can't leave the house. No, I mean, exactly. You've got yeah. so much time. Everyone's uh, got I mean, so much time. Ben, ben, ben needs to cut us off so he can start doing. I will production. conclude. I will conclude by saying I love you both. Yeah, that's oh my it. God. Sorry, thank you, I listeners. Have to say Goodbye. That, uh, I haven't paused my recording, and it's at five hours and eleven minutes. We definitely need to stop. I'd say that's a good podcast. Yeah, it is a good podcast. Also, if you've listened to this, this. yeah. <laughs> If you've if you've had fun listening to this the whole way through, come and join us on the Discord. Chat to us. Chat to us on the regular. Uh, you all know that I love both of these humans very, very much. And if you don't listen to us, fuck you. I don't give a shit because I'm just going to sit here and talk to these two fucking as much as I want. So uh, we're going to continue on into next year, irrelevant of whether you listen or not. Fuck you. 2020 has uh, been shit. Ben, you're the I hate all of you except these fucking people who are the best. Bye. The best around. There we go. Cut us off. Cut us off before. Bye. Uh, I love you guys, but like, honestly, yeah, there we go. See ya. www.outoflives.net